The World or Nothing made its world premiere on Saturday, April the 27th at Toronto's Hot Docs Festival. Produced and directed by my next guest, The World or Nothing follows two Cuban brothers in Barcelona looking to make it big. What does it mean to make it big in today's online and always on world? My next guest explores this question through the eyes of 29-year-old Cuban twin brothers trying to gain international recognition as a singing and dancing duo. Please welcome to the show, Ingrid Benninger. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. It's sunny out. Uh, Finally. Life is good. Yeah. Congratulations on yesterday. Thank you very much. Yes, it was a world premiere last night, and it was very exciting. The twins Skyped on uh, from Barcelona live for the Q&A. Nice. Um, they must have been excited. They were really excited. It was emotional. They were very enthusiastic. They got to answer questions from the audience. It was uh, very exciting. Now, they don't speak English. Rubildo speaks a little bit of little English. Bit, okay. Rupert can understand, but yeah, it's limited. They promised limited, me yeah. the next film we're going to do together, which is going to be a follow-up in 10 years, oh, wow. will be in English. Oh my goodness. Yeah. There you go. Um, this is your f seventh feature. Yes. But it's your first, it's, I guess it's your debut as a director. Documentary. documentary right? Yeah. For very, yeah. very first documentary. Yeah. Why, why this story to, to, to have it as your first? Um, I met these two dancers. Well, I didn't actually meet them. I saw them in 2015 on New Year's Eve dance on stage when I uh, was on a holiday in Holguin, Cuba. And I didn't speak to them that night because I was coming back to Canada to prep my sixth feature film, Porcupine Lake. And also, I thought, they're going to just think I'm crazy or I'm just going to be like another fangirl or <laughs> I don't know. I was sort of intimidated and... But I just basically wanted to say hey and be friends with these guys. They were outstanding sure. dancers. They looked really interesting. I knew they had a story. I was curious about them. But we didn't speak. And uh, for two years, I sort of thought of them on and off. And when I was submitting an application to do my master's mm -hmm. in cinema at York University, I had to apply with a project. And... Really, in, in as part of the Masters, I, I was encouraged to try to make a film in a way I'd never made it before. Now, uh -huh. I have never made a film without a script. So that made me think of documentary. And then I sure. thought of the twins. I went back. I tried to find them. I did, in fact, connect with them, met them, and asked them if they would be willing to make a documentary with me. And they said yes. So going in versus the, the finished result, the finished product, mm. Going in, what did you think you were going to make? Were you going to think, I'm going to make a dance movie? I'm going to make, like, what did you think? I really, I just thought these two brothers have something inside them and have a kind of attitude and a way of being in the world that I wanted an audience to be part of. I just felt that no matter what the narrative arc was or the story was per se, just being in a space with these two guys was gonna be meaningful for people. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking I would just observe their life and not mediate or, or interfere um, as a filmmaker, just essentially follow them for the 11 days that we had in Barcelona and with no plan, not even a theme. I mean, before we started shooting, I, I didn't know very much about them. I, I literally sat down with them for two hours. They asked me a lot of questions. Yeah. I asked them some questions, but I had no game plan for this film other than to 
be present and attentive and with them and um, just kind of be in service of whatever they wanted to share and however oh. they were going to be. Interesting. Wait, I guess when you initially were going to start filming the movie or filming what would become the movie, um, you initially thought you were going to Cuba to do that. Yeah. And it ended up being Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. D and did you, so I'm, I'm really curious, were you like, hey, th this is part of the process, let's go to Barcelona. Absolutely. Or were you like, oh my goodness, I, I really was going to, I was really interested in seeing these parts of Havana or whatever. No. Tell me how about that. incredible is it to have no plan and really having no plan. I mean, lots of documentaries are scripted or they're not scripted. There's like a million and one infinite number of ways to make a documentary. And we're yeah. seeing those hybrid and all kinds of things, all kinds of long form and short form works that are called documentaries. There are all kinds of hybrids of fiction and nonfiction. Mm -hmm. So, but there is a certain expectation I think an audience has of a documentary, m maybe because it's called a doc, maybe doc because documentaries um, connected to document, which is some sure. sort of official, factual, yeah. original thing. It's supposed to represent actuality. It's supposed to represent some kind of truth, some kind of reality. And all of my films are anchored in a kind of naturalistic realism, even if they're scripted and I'm working with actors. So I just wanted to capture them authentically. And I sincerely didn't have a plan. And that took a lot of preparation. Because, of course, our mind does start to imagine or pre-visualize. And especially because I love stories, it took about six months of preparation and of doing workshops with actors and people in Toronto and in the States and, and up in, in, U in the Yukon and Whitehorse to exercise every single idea I've ever had hmm. um, or anything I might have imposed on this film to do it in a form of a workshop or a short film. So by the time I got to Barcelona and started working with them, I was emptied out. Wow. Yeah. So much like the preparation you do for a fiction in writing a script, I had to really prepare to make this documentary in being ready to have no plan. Wow, that's that's a different that's a different preparation. Yeah, isn't completely it? different preparation, completely different muscle as a director. I mean, Godard says if you want to nourish your fiction, you should come back to reality. Hmm. And I'm ah. I do believe that there's there's a new set of skills I've gained by making this documentary with these extraordinary brothers in this way, being unscripted, unplanned, um, unmediated, that I think is going to now maybe have me do a different kind of fiction that I otherwise you know, wouldn't make. That's really interesting. Now, you, you mentioned UConn. Yeah. Um, what, like, I don't understand. What, what is all the way up? In yeah, the yeah. Well, what basically, took you there for this? basically between September 2018 and March, no, but September 2017 and March 2018, when I was in school doing my fall and winter terms, um, I knew I had to do a thesis film. The World of Nothing is my master's mm -hmm. thesis film. Actually do my defense tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Morning. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> um, these workshops that happened in Toronto with uh, over 150 actors, all of them are named in the final card and the end credits of the film. And also in Wilmington, North Carolina and up in Whitehorse kind of stemmed from being at festivals or teaching workshops and then saying, 
I would like to exercise, explore, experiment with different ideas. Who's around that might want to jump into some things with me? And when I was in Whitehorse at the Available Light Film Festival showing Porcupine Lake, I pitched it on CBC Radio and oh. I had a few people, you know, step up. And so I did seven short films with different local artists, visual artists, oh, wow. dancers, um, a cook, uh, different kinds of performers and non-performers. And that became a part of the preparation. And that helped you. Yeah. That's really nice. Um, so this, this is a, a really interesting film in terms of um, it's, it's about two brothers. Mm. It's, it's about them and wanting to um, do something to make their family proud of them. Mm. Um, it's about uh, the generation that we live in today in terms of everyone's documenting everything. Mm. Um, what is this movie about to you? I mean, you sort of, you just called it. It's about love and family and dreams and desires and challenges and obstacles and overcoming them. Um, the twin, the brothers yesterday or the day before posted on Facebook that they're keeping the faith for the, those who have lost it. And I think huh. there is a kind of optimism that they have despite, um, you know, the challenges they're facing as many people that are rebuilding their lives in new places face and, and and despite that they you know it's kind of nose to the ground um working really hard not being naive um but believing in connection like even the way we connected and the things that have come about from last night's screening I mean already the ground is shifting under them a little bit wow. and when I asked them why they agreed to make the film with me, you know, because they took a big risk and they're extremely courageous. They just basically said they, they were willing to take a leap and it might have gone very badly or it might have gone well and they just chose to believe that it was going to go well. Nice. Now, outside of what people, when they watch the movie, will see, um, you know, you've had an opportunity to sit down and chat with them, whether it was the two hours before um, or during. Oh, we're in constant yeah. communication now, yeah. What what does what do you think, unless they've told you outright, what does success look like to them, do you think? A million friends on social media. Okay, I read that somewhere. So that is... That's that is yeah. yeah. And they want to have a, a twins-only concert. Um, oh, in wow, okay. Inviting, <laughs> like, they want to have a twins-only concert celebrating International Twins Day with twins only performing and singing and and dancing with them. And they basically, for them... And you see throughout the film these spontaneous interactions with the people. It's not about what they're getting. It's about what they're giving. When they can make someone happy, when they stop on a corner and dance on the street, when they see someone's face light up or eyes sparkle, that is so energizing and fueling for them. Which is very different, right, from what we would perceive this generation to be like, meaning I need validation. I need to show people what I'm doing. I need... You know, I've, I've got, um, you know, my niece, you know, she posted something on Instagram and she, she comes to my wife and I saying, please like my photo. Please like, well, what, like, why does it matter? Why yeah. do we have to do that? Yeah. It sounds very different from these two brothers and what they're doing. Yeah. And they, you know, when you go on their YouTube, it's Sensacion Gemella, which is G-E-M-E-L-A and Sensacion, like sensation, um, which means twin sensation. You'll see in the last three months, they posted 20 new vi videos. 
it's all their original music. They're self-made guys, self-taught. They shoot them. They edit them. They um, do all the effects. They write the songs. They create the beats. And sometimes you'll see seven views or four views or because it's really, really hard to break through unless you have some sort of, you know, media, podcast, everything helps. But you need that champion that has the million followers to help like a Justin Bieber or Beyonce or Drake or I'm calling on all those people. <laughs> taps into these guys, then in a minute, they have 500,000 followers. But it takes yeah. something like that to happen. But despite three or four or seven or ten, they keep posting. They don't get discouraged. It's not like they're reliant on that because, as they say at the end of the film, they love what they do. Nice. Listen, one last question. Yes. Before I let you leave because I know you have a screening today. Yes, I do. Um, the, the name of your company is Punk Films. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure there's a story behind it. I'm, I'm looking forward to one day finding out the whole story about that. Uh, but it kind of gives that g gives off an impression on, on what you're trying to do. And, and so my question is, whether it's this movie or, or the work that you do overall, similar to the question about the brothers, what does success look like to you? Uh, a career like Agnes Varda, living to the age of 90 and making 22 feature films. So I'm, this is number seven, hopefully number eight will happen in the next year, and then I just would like to keep going, keep you're, going. You're on your way. Yeah. Uh, Ingrid, uh, where, where can, uh, I, kn I know you've got a number of screenings. Mm, we have uh, a screening on May 2nd, which is at the Hart House Theater at three o'clock, and also that one is free to students and seniors at Hot Docs, all the daytime screenings before 5 p.m. are free to students and seniors. So make it out to that one. Awesome. The World or Nothing by Ingrid Venninger. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much.